Hey all, this is Logie, God of Fire from Mad Wet Sea. You are listening to the ever impressive Backstage with Spike. Let's get rocked. Who is that? Welcome backstage with Spike, episode 98. I am here with my good friend Steve. You guys know him on Twitter as uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser Deluxe, Deluxe. Uh, all the way from Rhode Island. Steve, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, I'm hanging out now, talking to you, having a couple of beers, and life is good. Yeah, life is good. I understand you're off this week, and um, your, your lovely girl, Nicole Rose, she's back in the UK. So you're off for the week and you're home alone. What's going on? You're going to get yourself in trouble or what? Or are you going to be a good boy? Oh, I'm always a good boy. <laughs> when you got a good woman, you're a good boy. Hey, I'm married 35 years, dude. I know. I know. Plus, I know she would do, you know, she, she'd cut it off and put it in a box if I ever goofed around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not stupid, dude. <laughs> I learned a long time ago to learn this one phrase. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I've stayed out of trouble for 35 years. God bless you, man. So what are you doing tonight? What would you do? It's like your, 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 what, second night off for the week? Yeah. Uh, well, lately I've been, uh, you know, doing things around the house that I can't do during a work schedule because I got such a physical job that when I get home from work in the mornings, Right. I'll have a beer or so and just chill and get my body rested up for the next night. So when I get a week off, it's sort of like I work for myself. I do, you know, my yard work and cleaning the house and stuff like that that uh, right. that I can't do um, during a work schedule. Yeah. I mean, I remember those days, too. Like, you find, you know, you get a vacation and it's like, shit, I got to fix this. I got to mow that. That's breaking. I got to fix that. You know, it's like. It's like you're working. It's like you, you you can't wait to go back to work so you can take it easier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, plus I'm a caregiver for my mom. My mom's 91 years old with Parkinson's, and so, oh, God bless um, her. 
and I'm always, I'm always, uh, you know, I live right. I bought the house. I bought my house just right around the corner from her house. So I keep an eye on her, okay. uh, you know, 20, 20 years ago. And, um, so when she developed Parkinson's and couldn't drive anymore, um, you know, she stays, she gets to stay in her house and not go to a home because I'm right here for right. her. So anything she needs, she calls me and I go do it for her. I take her to her appointments and, um, I learn a lot about, uh, the, I, I learn about, about, I learn a lot about medical, uh, terms and what they mean, a lot of diagnosis and stuff. So I can better talk to the, the doctors, uh, for her and ask right, right, right. questions so she gets the right kind of care. Um, and that is a re- that's rewarding for me. You know, that's a very rewarding for me And the work I do around my house. That's rewarding for me too, because um, you know, it's, it's not easy being a homeowner and being, you know, alone. Sure. Being a uh, caregiver, yeah. for, at least for the moment. So, I mean, so, uh, when I do get a week off and I have projects I get, I get to do, it, it feels rewarding. You know, I have pride, you know, it gives you a sense of pride, uh, in your home. Well, that's great, dude, that you do that for your mom. That's, I mean, my mom, we actually, she, she moved in with us now. She's going to be 85. And, you know, I mean, she's fun. I mean, she has a better social life than me and my wife do. You know what I'm saying? She's got Mahjong. She's got Jewish bingo, Catholic bingo. You know, she goes out to dinner with her friends on Saturday. I mean, thank God she's, you know, functioning and stuff. But, um, bingo. you know, it's good that she's home with us here. So, you know, she took a bad tumble like uh, a year ago. Like, you know, broke her arm in three places and banged Damn. the head, all that stuff. So thank God, though, she's with us. We could keep an eye on her. Yeah, my mom's got a good uh, social life too. She has a couple of friends in the neighborhood here that pick her up and take her to the senior center down the street. So she's always there. Oh, cool! And that keeps her that keeps her uh, spirits up, you know. Right, and, right. You know, and and so that's uh, another another ingredient on you know her longevity is always keeping her smiling, always keeping her happy, <laughs> yeah. always keeping her laughing. You know. Don't let the depression set in, and um, and they'll they'll live a longer life than you would even expect. Right. I just I feel bad for my mom because a lot of our friends are what we call down here snowbirds. You know, I'm on Marco yeah. Island here, and it's like everybody like they have their homes back up north. And summertime they go back up north, so it's like she has like 20 friends that she hangs out with, and then when they all go back up north, she's got like two. You know. Right. So yeah, but. Um, I, 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 that, that's amazing. I applaud you. You take care of your mom like that. A lot of people, you know, don't have the time or the energy or, you know, the desire to do it. And I think it's great that you're doing that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate that, man. I got to say, though, I love, though, um, on your, your Twitter page, um, you do like a, a tweet of the day and a tweet of the night. I always look forward to that because it's like, what do you pick? Like your, what, what your, your best tweet you saw for the day and you just repost it? A lot of people have asked me about that, and the criteria is. That's what I was going to ask you. What's the criteria for that? The, the criteria is very simple. It's, um, you know, in the morning when I do my morning tweet, um, you know, if I have time then, if not later, but I'll usually go up my TL. Right. And if there's a tweet that touches me in any sort of way, like if it makes me laugh, if if the person has a serious message that that person wants to get across, um, 
or like any of my friends that are in uh, unsigned metal bands that want to get their shit uh, seen, then, then usually that's the tweet of the day. And the same thing at night when I'm at work on my lunch break, I'll go up my TL and, um, and the same criteria goes for the nighttime and just, it's sort of, uh, this is like sort of like my second stint on Twitter. In the first stint, Twitter was a different animal, and I was trying to be one of those tweeter people that just comes up with a stupid thought and lets it fly. Right. But, um, but the second stint, uh, I came back because uh, back in uh, 2017, uh, I got rushed to the hospital with two big blood clots uh, right in my lungs. And, mm. uh, and so after I get discharged from the hospital, my doctor says that I have to be out of work for two months Wow! until my next MRI to see how those clots are dissolving. Okay. And I can't do nothing. So there's only so much sleep you can sleep. There's only so <laughs> yeah. much there's only so much TV you can watch, even with as many channels as we have. Now. Yeah, how much oh, Golden Girls are you going to watch? <laughs> right. So I decided to come back to social media at that time. Um, and I didn't want to go on Facebook because Facebook, just they just want too much information. And I like, I like to work with handles. I like to work with like sort of like a character. Um, but like Twitter is really me, but turned up a notch or turned up a couple of notches, but there's a lot of real me in there. And so, so I decided to go, okay, I'll just go back to just Twitter. And then I saw when I got back is I have a lot of more options. You know, it's more, it has a lot of like Facebook-ish kind of things. You can put pictures on, videos on, you can type more characters now and and they have the like button and you know and so uh, so then I decided to restructure what I'm what I what I would be doing and so one of those things is instead of me trying to tweet 35,000 times to get followers I'm just gonna like give you a morning tweet and then if I have a thought I'll tweet it but I'm gonna I'm going to like sort of challenge my followers in a way and just say, Hey, give me your best tweet. And if I can, if it comes up on my TL and it touches me in any way, just touches me, um, then I'm going to make it the tweet of the day. And, and then after a while I decided to do it at nighttime too. And, and that's got a lot of good feedback on it too. It, uh, it, 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 it certainly made an impression on you, and so, and a lot of, and a lot of my followers that follow me, um, you know, I see that that it sort of has an impression on them too. So that's how I knew I was like on the right. I I found my niche. Right, right, right. On Twitter. I found, I found my thing. You know, because everybody's got a thing on Twitter. I just get a kick out of like, like I said, you know. I have people that follow me that have like, you know, 50,000 followers and no retweet my stuff, which is great because they got so many followers, but I get more excited when I make you a tweet of the day or a tweet and I'm like, yes, Steve, Steve picked me for tweeting today. You know what I'm saying? I just get so excited. It's like, it's awesome to be, you know, you know, cherry picked, you know, dude, there's a lot yeah. of crap on there. I mean, 
Like what you're trying to do, like you're trying to, you know, bring the cream of the crop and, you know, retweet it. There's just so much junk being spewed out and retweeted. And and now I don't know if you noticed, though, too, but like, I mean, I'm getting it's funny. I'm I'm paying eleven dollars a month to get my check mark. So hopefully I don't get the horse shit, but I'm getting more and more crap and less of like the people I follow. And it's like, you know, people like falling off a balcony to their death. Uh, you know, some drug addict, you know, knocking a pregnant mother down and grabbing the carriage. It's like, what is this crap? I know. It's really and bad. A lot of high school bullshit, too. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's becoming, yeah. it's becoming a, uh, to me, it's almost like they're doing it on purpose to desensitize everybody. Right. Like, everybody, like, I noticed that there's a lot of people on Twitter that will do anything for attention. Oh, yeah. Anything. Anything to grow to grow their um, to grow their Twitter page, you know, to grow their follower account. Right. Everybody aspires to have two hundred thousand followers, three hundred thousand followers, and be the big thing. Right. And they think it's they think the way to do that is to act like a high school kid or to do what they what you've been seeing, you know, uh, glorifying you know suicides and and threatening to be suicidal and asking Twitter for money all the time. I see that all the time too. And to me, like what really is disturbing is not only are they putting that disturbing crap on the comments, people are like, Hey, yeah, did you see the way he bounced off the call when he felt it's like, wow. Like, you know, like it's a big fucking joke, you know? I know it's, it's, pr- it's pretty sad because this is a reflection on what society is today. Yeah. And, and how the younger generations are, and it's and it's weird because uh, when I was around that age, you heard, you know, people my age back then, right? Oh, the the world is declining because of this generation. And it's <laughs> like, but when we grew up, you know, we become, you know, because of the our upbringing, our harder upbringing, uh, we became very productive in society. And now you got kids today that have never been punished for anything in their life, just talked to, and this is what's happening. You know, this is... And you, you, know, ask, somebody's, you ask somebody's younger kids, you know, what do you want to do when you get older? And they're like, oh, I want to be a YouTube... Uh, I want to be a uh, uh, social media influencer. Nope. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what, are you kidding me? Yeah. How about just getting a job? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? You know? <laughs> And, exactly. and, and, and the best part is like like you and I will have to work a hundred times harder to get some followers when like some of these girls can just go on and get like half naked or you know take pictures of like their cleavage and they got twenty thousand followers in six months, you know? Exactly, yep. <laughs> oh. So let me ask you a question. You and I actually I think first started following another or or clicking because you're a fellow Raiders fan like me. Exactly. Long time Raiders fan. Yeah. And I think that's what you and I, when we first clicked, because I put, you put something on with the Raiders. I put something on with the Raiders. And then I think we wound up following one another. Yep. I remember. It was, it was like a game day. Yeah. 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 It was a game day uh, tweet in the morning on on a Sunday. And I'm trying to rev up all the Raider Nation. (laughs) And you appeared on the scene. And, and then, then, we followed each other because you also had a band name, you know, a Honeybone Rush, and you had a really cool, you have a really cool logo. Thank you. And 
And then you sent me the stickers, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And um, so so then I started uh, then I went on uh, I went on Amazon and right away I downloaded all of your albums into my computer from Amazon. Oh shit. And got it on my iPod. Now I got it on my iPod and my phone cuz I got a 1 terabyte chip in my phone. Oh cool. Um cuz I don't stream and I mean I I I was on Pandora just so I could listen to Pandora for a while to get more metal bands. Right. Metal bands I have never heard before. And then go and then go grab them from like Amazon or iTunes or something, and then and put it in my collection because because um, I'm old school. I, I'd rather listen to music on my own uh, in my own collection at work or in the car and stuff. Because I spent a lot of money since the '80s on my collection, and it's like so if I just paid Spotify so much per per month and streamed. Then what about all the money I just spent on this? Oh yeah, no, definitely. So, so I just so so I was like one of the first uh, users of Pandora when it first came out in like the early two thousands, and I liked it because I would listen to it for a day, and then when I'm then when they do the uh, where they want to based on what you like, they put on a band that's not on your list. Right. To see if you like it. And nine times out of ten, I would like it. And then I would write down the band and then go get it for my collection. And But then, um, but now I don't use Pandora anymore. I now mainly use YouTube music because it's more convenient for me now. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And so so I have like, um, I got like 22 to 23,000 songs in my collection. And that span since the eighties. And, um, and so when I, when I listen to music at work, um, you know, I usually, I got my own playlist going and I just shuffle, um, my playlist and during the week, depending on what day it is, it's what playlist I play right. with all. Cause I love all of metal, not just one subgenre. I love it. All. Yeah, that's all I wanted to ask you. Are you specific to like, you know, like what are some of the, like the sign bands that you like? Like just off the top of your head, two or three bands. Like what are you what are you into really? Well, my top three, right? Just to give you a hint, is my favorite band of all time is Iron Maiden, and and then my favorite American metal band is Megadeth, and then then it goes down, yeah, and then it goes down to Slayer, Pantera, right. you know. Uh, those are like my those are like my really favorite favorite right. bands of all time. Right, right. Uh, but there's not one subgenre that I that I just do and that's it. I love them all, each yeah. and every one of them, because I've watched metal grow from its beginning. You know, when I on my uh, bio uh, in the past, I did put first generation metalhead because when I started, it was just called heavy metal. Now. It's called metal, and it's got twenty-five thousand different kinds. And in each generation, tries to sort of recreate it in, right. in a different way. And um, and some of it they do fail, and but most of it, I find it sort of refreshing in a way. 
but uh, but like yeah, I mean, since I've watched it from the beginning and seeing how it evolved and even up to today, you know, it's just uh, mind blowing how many there are. But then again, you know, I'm always you know up for a new kind of metal sound, and so so I'm always. Even with even with the unsigned metal bands, I mean, once I once I got on Twitter, um, um, this led, you know, bands like Bad Mary came up to me like right away, and they and they uh, and they sent me their links and I you know I played them and it's like they don't really have a real metal sound but they sound awesome you know more like a rock and roll kind of sound and yeah like punk. But with a like with a twist on it, you know, and and so I got all their stuff, you know, and then Demon Scar came up, Methane came up to me, and all these bands. Like once I put whatever on my bio, all of a sudden they just start stuck. So then I just learned that these bands are just as talented as the signed bands, but they're they're they got the moxie enough to do everything themselves and. And so I, I'm very impressed because Bad Mary actually went to Tokyo or went to Japan and did a whole Japanese tour, you know. And and the Japanese and the Japanese people love them. Yeah, I mean, so, I I definitely not to cut you off, but I know exactly what you're saying. I'm the type again. I grew up on. I'm probably a little bit older than you, but you know, I grew up on Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk, Black Sabbath. And believe me, I still love all that shit, but I heard it to death. I'm into new stuff. And like you said, the new unsigned bands that you know you find, it's just as good, if not better. And to me, it's refreshing because I'm tired of hearing the same old shit, you know? Yeah. I want something new. So speaking of which, I want to play um, uh, one of your favorites you said was methane. How about we play a little kill it with fire? That would be totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tim, this yeah. is going out for you, brother. We're going to play Kill It With Fire. Happy belated birthday, Tim. Yeah, happy birthday, brother. <laughs> you filthy animal. <laughs>
So, Steve, I wanted to ask you. So we, we, we touched on it earlier, but you realize, though, like your Twitter page, you're starting to become, whether you like it or not, you're starting to become like a music influencer. You know that, right? Um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I am. I mean, I don't want to come across as someone who's all into himself or anything or even uh, or even trying to be something. But just I've evolved this account since uh, the end of 2017. And I had a plan on how I was going to conduct the um, uh, conduct my account, as I've uh, already explained, but but as I get more followers, and as I like on my Sundays, unsigned Sundays, and I, and I just tell people, hey, there's a lot of awesome metal bands around this world, and I have found them, and they're in my follower list, and they don't belong to a record company, so just go down my follower list, because there's too many dimensions. So I just tell them to go down my followers list. And then all of a sudden I'm getting more followers and, right. and I guess I am becoming kind of like a, uh, an influencer. So do you find that a lot of unsigned bands are following you? Like hoping to get yeah. on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's great though. You know what I get a kick out of? And again, I'm not knocking anybody, but anybody who listens to my show, when it comes to music, there's no reason to apologize. Everybody has their opinions, what you like, you don't like. And you know, uh, you know, your opinion's your opinion, but as far as being a musician myself, you know, I'm out there, I'm trying to promote my stuff. So somebody like you that, you know, out of the kindness of your heart or the love of the music wants to retweet and promote my stuff, that just, it's awesome. Um, I don't understand why some of these people are trying to charge for that. And it's like, you know, they're advertising that they promote music and they're music promoters and they'll promote your music for a fee. Well, I got almost 5,000 followers. You got 120. How are you going to help me out? You know what I'm saying? It's like, why would I pay you? That's why I'm spending, you know, half my fucking day pushing my shit. I don't need you to do it for a fee. It just shows you the type of people there are in this world. I mean, in their mindset, in their, you know, even their IQ, it's like, if if they would think common sense, it's like, I got 125 followers. I got to grow my account before I even think about charging anybody for anything. (laughs) Yeah. When you got a hundred thousand then maybe you could think about it. Right. (laughs) It's funny though. And I I get DMS and shit all the time too. And they're like, Oh, I could promote your music and blah, blah, blah. And you look them up. It's like, dude, are you serious? You're a fucking clown. Or the the better part is like they're totally into like you know rap music or they're totally into like country music. What, what you're gonna promote my music? <laughs> yeah, or the or the stupid or the Swifties around the world. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, it just it's just I have a very I have a love affair with metal music and and I never I never DM'd you to tell you I'm gonna promote your music. Right. I just grabbed your stuff and listened and your music has changed since your beginnings. Right. I've noticed big time, big time, <laughs> but it's all good. And when I hear, when I hear something good, I want my friends to hear it. Right. And as much as my, you know, my, uh, the friends I grew up with and then now I got, 
these Twitter friends, my Twitter family. Right. Well, I brought home, you know, I, you know, I, I brought home some bacon for my Twitter family. Here, have some. And <laughs> yeah. part of that is Honeybone Rush. It's bacon. Demon Scar. It's Methane. It's Scythian Fate. It's right. Bad Mary. It's, it's all these bands that have come up to me and said, here, listen to my stuff. What do you think? You know, they didn't like, they didn't force anything on me. They were just sending me links. Tell me what you think. And nine times out of 10, it's really good stuff. And I would compare it to any international, you know, touring band uh, that is, that is signed. Right. And, you know, it's funny because I've had, you know, people ask me if I was going to do it or whatever. You had mentioned how my music has changed. And, you know, I actually thought of like maybe the first two albums, like just taking them off because, you know, it's like bluesy. It's, it's nothing like I'm doing anymore, but I'm like, you know what? Why? Fuck it. You know, it's, it shows the journey of where like the music has changed and gone. I mean, the first album is like blues. The last album is like death metal. You know what I'm saying? But exactly. You know, I still get people still streaming the first album. You know what I'm saying? Why take it down? Cause if I take it down too, you know, people did buy it like where, you, you know, when you buy the music for like iTunes and stuff. So if I take it down, that means you lose it. So I'm not going to have people pay, you know, 99 cents for a song and then I'm taking it away. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. fuck it. Just leave it. And you know, people are like, but you don't play that music anymore. You should even have that up there. I'm like, okay, just leave it. I don't care. I mean, it's I know part- it hurts me with the algorithms, but I don't care about that shit. Right, it's 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 part of the history of Honeybone Rush. Right, exactly. And That's so, the way I look at it. And so, let's just say somebody discovers you, you become a big star, and all of a sudden they're going to make a documentary about Honeybone Rush. <laughs> it all starts with the first album, right. and and you can be interviewed about you know what what caused you to go from here to here and your fans want to know this right but right. if you start erasing your history then your history is going to start here and and it's it's much more interesting when it starts way over here right you know, i agree with you and that's why i keep it i'm, I'm leaving it the way it is and, and i think that's the right decision and a lot of bands i know they'll go back and redo their songs again because, you know, it's like, dude, you know what? I move on. I, I, I'm not going to go back from something th- that I put out three years ago and re-record it to make it a notch better. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a moment <clears throat> in time and just I'm going to leave it as it is. It is. I mean, exactly. Exactly. And then if you get a chance to play those songs live, yeah, then you can you can smooth it out live. You know, like all the other yeah. do. So, uh, listen, before we get too far gone, I want to play a little uh, Camilla. I know you like my boys uh, in Sweden, Camilla. I love them also. They are awesome. They're, they're one of my favorites. I've had, I don't know if you heard this show, but they've been on the show a couple of times, and their they're old drummer, Felix uh, Forsberg, I've had him on a couple of times. We became really, really good friends, and um, hopefully one day I'm going to Sweden to visit them. I promised them I'm going to do it, and I definitely want, I definitely want to go and do it. But um, I want to play a little uh, Kings of Religion. That's one of your favorites, right? Exactly. That is, I love that song. <laughs> I just love that song. I know Holcom's going to be happy to hear that. All right. We'll play a little Kings of Religion. We'll be right back.
right, so let me ask you a question. You like games or not? I love games. Okay, because even if you didn't, you're playing one. I was just being polite, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're playing the fucking game, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so the game I chose to play with you is called Yes or No. I'm going to give you random topics, and you have to answer yes or no. You interpret what the question actually means, and, you know, if you want to explain your answer, you can, but you don't have to. All right. All right. You ready? All right. All right. Here we go. First question. American Idol. No. Okay. The USFL. No. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I love football to death, but... Ketchup on hot dogs. No. Five finger death punch. Yes. The term appetizes. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? Um. No, actually, I haven't. Uh, not in that pronunciation. Yeah, I think they do it at, like, um, TGI Fridays. They call them appetizers. Uh, I think it's fucking... That's probably, that's probably the reason why the TGI Fridays down the road went out of business. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How about Rush? Yeah, I like Rush. Okay. Um, Hostess Fruit Pies. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I love the cherry pies. Oh, my God. Yeah, Thanks. I love, the, I love Take, the blueberry and strawberry. I <laughs> take it from the guys had three heart attacks. It's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Cocktail peanuts. No. Really? You allergic to them or no? You just don't like them? Well, well I don't prefer them. Uh I mean, I like uh, I like just uh, I like the honey roasted, and I, you know, but I don't really like the, the I don't really like the cocktail peanuts. Like right, the, the, the oil on it. Yeah. All right. We don't judge here. We don't judge. No. Um, escargot. Yeah. I used to work in a Italian restaurant. I, I used to run the bar. It's like the smell is incredible. It's butter and garlic. It's incredible. But then you look at these little nuggets of brown snot. It's like no thanks. When uh, when I when I visited my grandfather in California back in 1977, every time it would rain, you would see snails climbing up his house, yeah. up the screen of the sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, I found out that's a food item in fine dining restaurants. Yeah, no. I'll I'll, I'll top you one better. I'm I'm German and French on my mother's side, Italian on my father's. I'm Napoli town in Genoese. We grew up in an Italian household, and we would go to my father's side and stuff. Dude, they used to get the snails and have them in the pot, and they'd be crawling out of the pot. You know, they're scrubbing them and cleaning them before they cook them. But you'd see the mm-hmm. fucking snails climbing up and out of the pot. It's like get the fuck out of here. No way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> it's disgusting, man. You serious? It's fucking, ugh. It's like bait. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why would anybody want to 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know what I got a kick out of this crap is like, who was the original? In other words, who looked at a lobster? I mean, a lobster is incredible. It's delicious. I love lobster. But you look oh. at it like, who fucking decided let's eat this thing for the first time? You know what I'm saying? It thinks like a giant bug. And like somebody decided, hey, let's cook it and eat it. It's like. Well, what I learned about lobster is very interesting is back in the 17 to 1800s, it was exactly that. People looked at it like you just talked about yeah. it. Yeah. And they, and they only fed it to prisoners in jail. <laughs> and then all of a sudden now, it's 20 bucks a pound. Yeah. Well, it's like, again, I'm in the, you know, the restaurant business and it's like, uh, you know, um, sway was considered, it's a garbage fish. Now you go up on fifth Avenue here and it's like, you know, advertising, you know, sway, you know, 32 99 dinner, you know, it's like, dude, that's crap fish, like tilapia, you know, tilapia yeah. eats the crap from like the salmon farms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a labradoodle. That was a mutt 20 years ago. Now it's a $2,000 dog. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know where the, you know, the the garbage, the garbage fish turned into now this gourmet feast. You yeah, know, it's just, premium, I don't know where yeah. it happened, but it happened. It just, yeah, I remember years ago, any diamonds with color was considered garbage. Now you pay money for these colored diamonds, you know, brown diamonds and and green diamonds that was considered garbage 50 years ago. Yeah. How about this? Sardines. No. Yeah, it would be no fucking way. Those little bones in there and shit going down your throat. Yeah. No way. Now, minced up, um, you know, like liquefied in, you know, uh, Caesar dressing. Yeah, I don't care. It's in there, but I would not eat a sardine. Yeah, you, you, I pop up. Someone popped open a can one time, and that smell just, yeah. <laughs> How about in a restaurant business? People's like, could you make me sardine stuffed olives? It's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You, you're taking a, yeah, a drink yeah. stir and poking out the pepermento, and then you're taking like a uh, sardine oil, ripping it in half and shoving it in the olive and putting it in their drink. It's like, you got to be shitting me. Who wants this? Oh, man. How about, how about <laughs> tribute albums? When you have like, you know, five, 10 different bands doing like their version of songs and putting it together on an album. That I will give a yes. Because I have a few of them and they're really, really, really good. Hold on. I'm still waiting. I'm just grabbing another beer. All right. <laughs> How about this? Painting. Like when you paint your house or painting a room. I'll give that a yes. I love I love doing stuff around the house when I got time. I'd rather chew on broken glass than fucking paint like somebody's bedroom or bathroom. No way, I hate it. I I like it. To me, it's not that hard, and I've 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 done it in my house. I lived here like 21 years. I think I I painted uh, two rooms. Right. Um, And in here and it wasn't it wasn't that bad but it really needed the painting and and to and to pay someone two thousand dollars per room i could just <laughs> yeah. do it myself at yeah. a home depot for like you know a hundred bucks right i just hate it and i mean every- I've, I've done it and i'll do it but i just i cannot stand i'm always afraid i'm gonna spill the paint or 
kick the bucket or make some kind of a fucking mess, you know? Well, that's why you got to put the drop cloth down, you got to tape yeah. up, you know, you got to... <laughs> And wear the, the jumpsuit, off. you know, and, yeah, you gotta, you know, have safety first and shit. But, but that's, every that's, couple of years, I'm always painting my deck, you know. Right. It's, it's, that's right, though, too. I use those cheap throwaway brushes. I am not gonna wash. After I'm done, everything goes in the fucking garbage. I'm not washing out roller pans. I'm not washing out paint fucking brushes. No way. Yeah. I hate that shit. I'll keep the rollers, but the bonnets. I'll chuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clean that shit. They sell the tools yeah, to clean off the paint and to save it and to wash it. Get out of here. Yeah. And they and they got liners for the roller pans. Yeah. So you just throw away the liners. You know, it it, it they've they've come a long way. And it's still cheaper. It's still really cheap. Yeah. I have guys come and paint, they painted my because again, I've with the heart attacks now, I'm not painting fucking ceilings. I got, you know, twenty foot ceilings and shit in the house. I'm not yeah. doing that shit. So I had the painting company. They painted the living room and kitchen and the ceiling. It was like you said, it was like 2600 bucks. I mean, which I thought was ridiculous, but it's like, I probably could have did it for $200, but there's no way I'm doing it. Well, after a couple of heart attacks, you don't really want to raise your arms for too long. It's more like it cuts into my drinking time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life is short. And I realize that. You know what I'm saying? My time is precious. You're talking about holding arms up. No, dude, I, fucking, I want to drink my beer and hang out. I don't know how much time I got left. <laughs> how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? you? I'm, I'm 59. How old are you? In a couple of months, I'll be 54. All right, cool. All right, kid. All right, so you're the same generation as me. Yep, exactly. You start learning what's bullshit and what's not, what's important and what's oh, not. Oh, yeah. A lot of times I'm listening to your podcast at work and I'm laughing my ass off because I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> hey, the so, funny part, though, is I got that I don't care anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's That's when you truly are happy. Like, I don't give a rat's ass what anybody thinks of me. I really don't. I, I used to be so worried about that, you know, and all this. It's like. I really yeah. don't care anymore. It's like so Neither like liberating, you know, and it's great to be like that. As long as your girl is, is happy with you and likes you or the kids like it, that's all that matters. Everything else, who gives a shit? Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I am in real life. And that's how I am in my yeah. job. That's how I am on Twitter. It's like, this is me. Yeah. Like it or don't, you know, it's <laughs> Definitely. like you give two shit. <laughs> <laughs> how about electric cars? No way. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's the biggest scam going. Um, it is. How about Crocs? Are we talking shoes or yeah. animals? Shoes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Me and uh, Joe Little from Brain Cell, whenever we find anything with Crocs, like, you know, uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. People got studs in them or... They got remote control uh, croc cars. We just tweet one another back and forth. All this crazy shit we find on uh, on Instagram, rather. We send shit back and forth. <laughs> it all it all started on the show when we, I I had asked him about Crocs and I asked him about um shit um I forgot heavy metal Crocs because if you hit, look that up you'll see like people like put studs on their Crocs and like you know spikes and all this shit. It's fucked up. No matter how cool you're trying to make your Crocs, 
Right. They're still Crocs. They're still plastic shoes. Christ. <laughs> How about White Castle? Yes. I love White Castle. I used to get the suitcase of fucking burgers. I mean, we don't have White Castles up here, but we in the frozen aisle, we we got the White Castle. Oh, okay, yeah, I get those sometimes burgers, too. And those are those are really good. They're not good for you, but they're really good. Yeah. Oh, so you don't have a White Castle in Rhode Island? No, we don't. Oh man, we used to go in and get the um, shit. They used to call them chicken rings. They look like onion rings, but they were made out of chicken. Oh. oh. And they would put them on those little buns with the onions and shit and the cheese. Dude, it's, again, it's heart attack shit, but it's fucking awesome. And if you get, uh, you get a sack, was 10. 10 burgers came in a sack, or you could get a suitcase. You get a case. They would call it a suitcase. It was 30 burgers in this little cardboard suitcase. It's fucking awesome. That is fucking awesome. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> yeah. incredible. And the best, though, is when you do this at home, first, I always make this all the time with regular burgers. Get your um, your White Castle frozen burgers when you make them. Open it up and put a couple of Doritos. Crush some Doritos on there. Ooh. It's awesome. Take it from the heart attack guy. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. How about death metal? Love it. Yeah. Japanese food. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge Japanese food fan. All right, we got uh, one, two, three, four left. Okay. You're doing good, kid. You're doing all right. You're going to win some prizes this time, I'm telling you. Uh, awesome. Lyric videos. I'll say yes, but I really but I really don't watch them, but I can see how they're... how I can see how people would be really interested in them right. to, learn about a, to learn a song. So I think I, I would say yes. If I want to learn lyrics to a song. The only thing I think about with lyric videos, though, too, is I know a lot of times there's, like, static backgrounds. You got to change it up maybe every other verse or something. You know, to me, to just watch a video on YouTube of, like, you know, a black screen with the words coming up, it's like I lose interest after two minutes. At least give me something visual to look at, too, you know? Right, right. Otherwise, it could get, like, real boring real fast. Yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly. How about pet birds? Nah. <laughs> you don't like birds? <laughs> I, hey, I got a whole backyard full of birds. They sit on a deck. I see them all the time. I don't need I don't need one shitting in my house. <laughs> How about soda? Are you a soda fan? Yes, I love soda. You guys call it soda? You call it pop? Up here, we... All right, up here, interesting, in Rhode Island, the typical Rhode Islander will not uh, will not um, pronounce R's at the end of a word, Okay. but will add an R to a word that doesn't have one, and so up here, we call them soda. Soda, yeah, well, that's what we do, that's sort of like uh, in New York, too, soda, soda. Yeah. All right, last one. Here we go. Hiking, yes or no? When I was younger, yes. <laughs> now, no. I don't get the point. Like, dude, I <laughs> walking like the, you know on the rough terrain. I, I just don't get hiking. 
It's like I also don't bicycle ride neither. I'm, I'm a grown man. If I, I'll take a car. Well, when I was younger, in my 20s, even right. in my teens, you know, me and a bunch of friends, we'd go up to Mount Manadnock in, in New Hampshire and climb the mountain. That, and that's real, that's real hiking. Oh, yeah. And you get up to the top of the mountain, have lunch, and you got this perfect view. Right. And it's, and it's awesome. And But, like, now it's, now it's, you know, the, the stuff I got going on with my body now, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. But, um, but I used to love it as a kid. Thank you for playing the game. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I had fun playing that game. You're not going to get any prizes, though, just so you know. There's no prizes. (laughs) (laughs) What did I win? You won nothing. You won your self-respect back. (laughs) (laughs) So on your your Twitter profile, though, it says you're a home chef. You like to cook? I love to cook. Yeah, I do, too. What do you like to cook? And I love to recreate... I love to recreate dishes that uh, I love from restaurants and make them kind of healthier. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, since, oh, since back in like 93 or 94, when the food network finally made it to my, uh, to my cable uh, channel, right. I was just glued to it. And I learned, I learned how restaurant chefs actually cook food in the restaurants, how, you know, they make everything taste so good. Versus like the home cook, like why did I like restaurant food better than mom's cooking? You know, and, right, right. And um, and so ever since ever since then, I've learned a lot from that was my cooking school. And so over the years, you know, I've been I've learned how to make um, a lot of dishes that I, that I love from restaurants. Um, and I learned that recipes are just a guideline. You can pick out what you want. You can add what you want. But baking is a direct science. And if you don't follow baking uh, to the letter, then then you're going to have problems. But I'm not a good baker, so I just stick to the savory. But, yeah, I love cooking. I noticed, though, too, like you said, baking is very, very hard. Um, and to, <laughs> cooking steak is hard, too. Um but I think what helps you have to have a good oven, a good stove. You, if you learn what kind of a, you know, you, if you learn your oven and you learn you learn your stove, um, then you can you can you know tweak the times here and there to right. make everything perfect. And plus, you know, you could it also it's it's uh, the co- I love cooking steaks outside on the charcoal grill. There's you cannot duplicate the flavor of a good charcoal grill. Um, but even when I'm, even if it's winter time, you know, I put the, I put a steak on the George Foreman and it comes out perfect. So, right. uh, you know, it just, you, you, you just learn, I mean, on the cooking shows, they tell you to use a, a meat thermometer and make sure it's 165 degrees or whatever. And I just, I just know, you know, that's, 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 that's my meat thermometer. Yeah, you have like, a feel I for it. Know. Because yeah, over over time, trial and error, you make a lot of mistakes and then you learn from them. So, so then like, if I have this big porterhouse steak, I put it on whatever grill, then I know that if I put it on the charcoal grill, you know, do five minutes on one side, turn it over for three minutes, yep. take it off, put it on a plate, cover it with aluminum foil and let it rest for 15 minutes. Cause it's going to residually cook and, and the juices will go back into the steak. 
because once you cut that steak, everything runs out. Now you got a dry steak. You're done. Yeah. And I've had, I mean, again, my, my youngest son, he's, he's a chef and he's cooked in a couple of restaurants down here that, you know, I was managing and stuff. And, um, you know, it's like we'll go to a restaurant and we'll order a steak and it comes out and they try to be fancy where they pre-cut the steak and then they, they fan it out so it looks like a flower or something. It's like, dude, the steak yeah. is dry and cold now. You just brought me. I'll cut my own fucking steak. Don't do that exactly. shit, you know? I mean, now yeah. tonight I was cooking. He comes home. He starts cooking. So he makes his own stroganoff from scratch. He's making it with, you know, uh, he's putting yogurt in it and... um uh, whatever the uh, 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 beef stock, and it's like I, I try. I go, dude, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm making stroganoff. I was like, it was fucking incredible. I said, aren't you supposed to use sour cream? He goes, I don't have sour cream. I use yogurt instead, uh, Greek yogurt. Yeah. It was amazing. Very good substitute and healthy mm-hmm. because because you got the you got the good bacteria in the yogurt and yeah. he's infusing the whole dish with it. So I mean, um, because a lot of rich food. Some people, when they eat a lot of rich food, they have bad digestive problems. Now he's solving that problem with just yogurt. Yeah. So that's 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 good thinking. All right, Steve. So I know Honeybone Rush is one of your most favorite bands. I I I, I know. I get. It, I get. It. But I know you also <laughs> love my boys too and Demon Scar, right? Oh, I love them guys. <laughs> oh man, but um, you picked one of their songs is one of my favorite too, Americoma. What what do you like about yeah, the song? I, I love how I love how clever the lyrics are, and of course I love the I love the the power of the of three guys in a band with so much power in their sound. Right, and then their lyrics in this song is just tells the story of life in America today. Yep, in such a clever way, and. And it, it it always makes me it always makes me laugh, but it always like motivates me to uh, to get shit done. Also, and it's just it's a it's a great combination. And and Nin, and uh, Ninze, he just he just he just got, he has energy. <laughs> this is my boy. I love that guy. He's awesome. I love that guy. And I I mean again, Jared's great on drums, and Meds um, he's a great guitar player. Um, I actually, when I put the song together, we did for charity, the, uh, zombie skater punks from outer space. Um, you know, meds was like, you put my solo on twice. I think you messed up. I go, no, dude, your solo is fucking awesome. That's why I put you on there twice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was very talented. Ass. Yeah. And he's a, he's a prime example of here's these guys, three guys, and they put out such powerful uh powerful instrumental metal rock and and uh meds he's like i said he's another example of a guitar player right who has to work a job a regular job and and do this band thing yeah but yet he's just as talented as most of the people in in uh you know that belong to a record company i mean yeah just because just because these bands are discovered doesn't mean they're any better than the ones that are doing it all themselves because they once weren't discovered. They once were doing it all themselves. They just got help to, to get notoriety. So, um, but yeah, uh, meds is a very, very, very talented guitarist 
I'll put them up there with anybody. Yeah. And, and as far as you were saying about the lyrics to the song, I think lyrics are very important. I think a lot of bands um, grace over the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? They don't put a lot yeah. of like really thought into it. And these guys do. They do. And they're, 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 they act like they are, and they're acting like they're living out their dream. Right. Because when I first got that whiskey bootleg and listened to it for the first time, I can feel their energy. They are where they have always wanted to be, and they're acting like it. They're right. not letting this opportunity uh, get by them. They didn't get, they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't freeze. They went with it, and their, their energy told me, this is where we've always wanted to be. We finally reached where we wanted to be, and their energy showed it. And I am so impressed with them, yeah. with how they, how they did this. Yep. And and Americoma is one of my most favorite songs from them. Uh, and I told them, too, I, I would love to. I mean, they're from my old stomping grounds. I'm a New Yorker, you know. Forget about yep. it. But, uh, you know, if I was going back to visit my mother-in-law, I would gladly go and hang out and, with them and see them. But I'm not going to see my fucking mother-in-law. You know what I'm saying, dude? <laughs> I got no reason to go to fucking New York. You know what I mean? But if we ever have to do, you know, then I'm told them I'm going to we're going to hook up. And I'm going to come hang out with you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're going to play Americoma right now. We'll be right back. Rocks from your glass home The baby cries At least your mama tried 
I've I've selected all of the Columbia House VHSs on MASH. Really? And yep. And when they came out, I knew I didn't know that DVDs were going to come out. So right, right, right. So the so the epi- so I all so I took like I took a no- piece of, a notebook and I listed all the episodes in their regular seasons because you get three episodes on a VHS tape, but they're right. from different seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I had to figure out which episodes I didn't have, and then yes, I would record them off, re- record the ones I didn't have off a of TV, but then. Fox bought the rights back from Columbia House, and they came out with their own DVDs. So, so I got all the DVDs too. So, every two years, I watch them all from season one to the to the finale. Every two years, and so I would say back in 2018, maybe 2017, no, 2018, I think, um, I stumbled upon the Mash Matters podcast. Okay, and I listened to the first one. And I was hooked right away because they, there are two guys. One is a mega fan of the show, and the other one is Jeff Maxwell, who played Igor Straminsky in the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they are a duo. He's got the girlfriend, funny. you know, that works at the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I know every fucking facet of that show. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. So, so they they take you backstage of mash through your mind and they and they give you so much information that the 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 avid fan would never know right. unless they would tell them i mean you you you'd find out a lot of stuff how this episode uh was was made and they even played a like an audio tape of a table read you know, and, and and to show you how this cast had chemistry, a table read is when they just read the script for the very first time. Right, right, right. Cold read, yeah. Just like the episode's going. It's just they they just they just know their characters so right, well. So, right. Yeah, I mean, so me and my dad used to watch this show all the time. I got to ask you. I'm going to ask you right now. I before I don't mean to cut you off, but I got quite a few beers in me, and I got a thought, two thoughts, and I got to get it out. Okay, go ahead. Just like we were playing, like the choose game now. Okay, yep. Frank f- episodes with Frank or with Charles. Oh, that's tough, dude. I love the episodes with Frank. I do too. Frank Burns was such an awesome fucking character. My God. He was. Larry Lindsay. Oh a, my god. He was a brilliant actor and and he and he played the foil awesomely. And and so when when Larry when Frank Burns was there, Hawkeye, Trapper, and then later on uh BJ yeah. would bust his balls, bust <laughs> his balls. He deserved it. Do practical jokes. Yeah. But then but then when he left they brought in Winchester, yeah, and Winchester knew how to get him back. Yeah, oh yeah, and so that was so that was to me that's equally interesting. Oh yeah, again, I love Charles though too, but I definitely prefer the earlier ones with with with, uh, with Frank. You remember you remember they had another character, right? 
Remember that the Australian guy was the uh, anesthesiologist. Big and, John. And they had Spear Chucker Jones was the black guy. Yep. 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 And now, so let me ask you this next one, though. Uh, Henry Blake or Colonel Potter? Gotta be Henry. Yeah, I love Henry Morgan. I mean, uh, um, you know, um, Harry Potter, Har- uh, Henry Morgan was fucking awesome. You know, it was still, he was great. He was very lovable, but the ones with, with Henry. He was. I love Henry. He was great. He was just such a doofus. Uh, yeah, Colonel Potter had that, had had that like sitting on the fence and he would lean towards army yeah and then come back and 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 be a good um you know be a good part of the team for the yeah, guys like I a mean, father figure type thing yeah right? yeah you remember he but, was on another episode right as 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 uh general steel yeah i the remember that job. <laughs> yep yeah he was and he played that role awesomely too i was laughing my ass off during oh, that yeah. that one Especially, you know, when he started, you know, out of nowhere, just started going into song during that, like, hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And started dancing and, and then out the door. When the sun goes down, the tide goes out, the darkness <laughs> around, and they all begin to shout. As he's trying to court-martial uh, Hawkeye yeah. for insubordination. Yeah, yeah. But Henry, he was one of the guys. He wasn't regular army. He was yeah. one of the guys. He just wanted to get through this shit like everybody else. Yeah, and and so so the guys didn't have that army respect for him, but they did they did generally respect him, and he was a really good surgeon, and and so he was like you know he was like I was when I first started uh, being a night crew chief is you know you just just be part of the guys and then be the boss when you have to, and and sort of Henry kind of did that. Yeah, but when Henry got drunk, there was nobody funnier. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and my favorite scene with Henry that I laugh to to this day and don't get tired of seeing it when when Ho John was yeah. stealing everybody from every everybody everybody's yeah. things from the tent, <laughs> and and Radar and Henry were investigating every tent. Yeah, and so he they, he went in, they went into the swamp. I know exactly and, what you're gonna say. Go ahead. Yeah, and he and he pointed to the, the the chimney pipe of the 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 makeshift garbage can stove that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Trapper John. Yeah. Said, "What's in here? What's in here?" And Trapper Trapper Soot, goes, "Sir, soot, sir, soot. We'll yep. see about that." Oh, and man. once he shook it, and all yep. that ash went right into his face. <laughs> <laughs> Not only were they laughing. I was kissing myself, laughing my ass off each and every time I see that episode. Oh, God. You look at scenes like that, and it's like, you hope they did it on the first take. Can you imagine now, like, having to get cleaned up and do it again? Get cleaned yeah. up and do it again and do it again. It's like, you got to be shitting me. Right. Oh, and, man, what a show. And on my bucket list, I on my bucket list, I at some point in my life, I would love to go to Malibu Creek State Park and be at the MASH site. Yeah. I, I saw a video. I don't know if you saw it on YouTube, but uh, somebody visited the old um, site where they filmed it, and there's a couple of trucks, like, still laying there, like, rotting away. The ties are all rotting yep. out. Yeah. It's really yep. cool. Yeah, those were – they were burnt. Like, when they when they filmed the um, the finale – 
they had like a, a wildfires in real life uh, in California there, and it went through that area. So what you're seeing is the burnt out trucks. Right, right. Yes, yes, yes. And um, but yeah, I also seen that they did like uh, like every time there was like a big anniversary, uh, whoever was available from the mash cast plus everybody else that wanted to be there right. were there. Um, and, and like, I would see, uh, Jeff Maxwell make a speech, uh, like about 10 years ago. Right. Uh, and, and the place they, that place looks great because, um, there was a DVD that came out in the early nineties that Shelley Long was hosting Okay. and they were at the mash site. I think it was like the 10 year anniversary of a finale or something. And everything was just grown out. You couldn't recognize the area. Oh, wow. So, so like 10 years later, uh, a group of people volunteered and they cleaned up the place. It took them like six months to, to, to get all that grown out stuff out of there to restore it back to the way it kind of looked in the seventies when they were filming it. Right. Right. And they put up signs, um, in different places telling you what tents were in that area and where that. OR building was. And, right, and right. They really made it look nice. I just grew up and, loving that show, and I still do. Like I said, it's I watch it every morning before I go to work. I, I My wife is like, again, we, I, I'm on the island. We get a lot of blackouts, or like I have satellites, so, you know, when it rains hard, I don't have TV. But I always got right. like 20 or 30 episodes at a time recorded of MASH. So it's like I could play that while the TV's out, you know. My wife's yeah. like, don't you get are you sick of this? I was like, man, I could watch this stuff a hundred fucking times over. I just love it. MASH. Me too. Um, oh, shit. The Odd Couple I grew up on. Uh, the Me Honeymooners. Too. I mean, that's just awesome I love the shit. Oh, man, the Honeymooners, yeah. dude, if you notice, how brilliant was that show? Pretty much 90% of the show took place in the one room. It was all dialogue and acting that kept you interested, you know? It was amazing. Yep. You look it at was, the shit that's it, on it, now, it's fucking garbage. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, I, I grew up with basically the same shows you did. I love The Odd Couple. Yeah. Um, and, and who, you know, uh, all in the family yeah. was groundbreaking back then. Oh yeah. And I love that show. Yep. And to, and that show would be banned today. Oh, without it. Meanwhile, that show, when it went on was at the height of racial, um, uh, tensions and they just were like, you know, we're just going to poke at it and, and do it. But now it's gotten so bad. But like, if you played that even now, it'd be like, it'd be, it'd be shut down in a second. It, it wouldn't fly. Like right. I said, yeah. Right. It, it, it is. It's just, the show was, a, was supposed to, you know, the show, if, if people look at the show properly, it's about, um, it's about a, a real family, but the father of the family just doesn't understand society. And so the way he talks, he makes himself look like a bigot, but in real, but in reality, he wasn't. And, but he was missed understood he just wasn't eloquent so com- yeah so the comedy of it was the way he the way he uh explained how he saw life yeah especially with ethnic people and yeah. that was the comedy of it 
and and so it pushed a lot of it pushed the envelope a bit, but it became a really iconic show. Oh yeah. But then all of a sudden, you come to this part of the this part of the um, era, and now nobody can take a joke anymore. Everybody's <sighs> too sensitive. Yep. We got riots in the streets now, and all this stuff, and it's just it's all bullshit. You know, right. it's, just, it's just it's 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 all bullshit. So, Steve, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Been a long time coming. We've been following one another for shit at least two years now i think um at least yeah and it's been great to finally get together and and talk with you and you know i can i want everybody to know i thank you so much for you know you retweet and you push the show i love it you push my music for me it's just i i can't tell you how much and you know as far as like somebody who like for my show and for the music how much you know we appreciate when somebody like you does that and you don't ask for anything in return. It's just because you truly do enjoy it and you want, like, to help promote it. And I just want to thank you for that. Spike, you're very welcome. It's, you're well-deserved. Uh, I love this show. I'm an avid listener. And I appreciate you inviting me on this show and giving me a platform to, to you know, have everybody hear what my voice sounds like and, and what my <laughs> views are in my head. And I had a great conversation with you. We should do this again sometime. Definitely. Maybe come on your co-host with me one night. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, be awesome. yeah. And the whole idea of the show is I originally started this. I wanted it to include musicians, um, just, you know, fans of the of music, uh, DJs, uh, recording engineers, um, roadies. I want to have everybody. I don't. Want, just, I just don't want it to be about you know just bands. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I love having somebody like you on, who's like just a fan of metal. You love music. You appreciate it, and you do what you could do to help. You know, push in indie bands and and get the word out. And you deserve to be on the show. And people should you know start following you more. Um, on Twitter, wait, you are uh, um. It's H-E-L-L-R-A-Z-O-R-D-L-X, correct? Correct. Something like that. Hell's Razor Deluxe. H-E-L-L-R-Z-O-R-R-A-Z-O-R-D-L-X. Yep, so, that's, and my Instagram is the, is the same exact thing. So, listen, it's been Backstage with Spike, episode 98. You're here with my boy Steve from Twitter. Um... We're getting close to the 100th episode. We got something special lined up for you guys. Hopefully, we can pull it off. Hopefully, we can have some live uh, music and everything, too. It should be pretty cool. Um, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate you. Uh, peace. <laughs>